on your own terms. I'm Patty Talbot, and this is the place where we learn together what it takes to change the world on our own terms and in our own special ways. This week, I'm so honored to have with me a new friend that I met through an old friend. Her name is Annie Dickinson. And my friend Jennifer Jones Powell is the one who brought Annie to me. Because in Jennifer's World Travels, I understand that there was a special time when she met this amazing woman in a coffee shop. I think somewhere exotic like Prague. Annie will have to tell you after the show where they met. But I know that they met and hit it off right away. And Jennifer is one of my very favorite humans in the world in the way that she opens her heart to other people. And I hope to get her on this show very soon as well. But she introduced me to Annie because she said, this is an amazing woman that I met in my travels, and I know that you will be interested in what she's doing to make the world a better place on her own terms and in her own special ways. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to Annie Dickinson, the founder of Wayfinding Women. You will not want to miss her homegrown solutions for a patchwork world. Born in this small town in central Indiana and back in the 60s, early 60s, and it was an interesting place to grow up because it was at that time one of the headquarters of the Ku Klux Klan. There was no diversity at all, zip, none. There was a lot of animosity toward anybody that was different than us. And I remember the strange thing being that our in our Halloween parades, the Klan would march in full attire in the parade, which was very strange to see and experience. And as a young child, not really understanding all of that. But as I grew and I was a teenager, I witnessed things, horrific things that they did to people in the town, terrorizing, scaring. And so that was a big part of launching me into this desire for equality and understanding and acceptance and tolerance and wanting real peace. And I know that sometimes that sounds like things are getting downplayed, but it really does come from a place of, of love that we all need to love one another and that's where we start. So that was my town that I grew up in. The family that I grew up in was pretty much like every other family at that time in the 60s. It was a middle-class family, but it was, I don't know if you ever saw Mad Men, but it was very much, my parents were Dick and Betty. So <laughs> they were also Dick and Betty in real life. That was their names. And they were good people. And yet they grew up learning certain things and believing certain things. And it was, it felt very much about appearance, what the other, you know, comparing to what the other people, your neighbors had. And so for my father, who was my hero growing up, I was taught every morning at the breakfast table, he would say, now go out and make somebody else's day happy. And that was to me a beautiful thing. But when I internalized it, it came out being everybody's more important than you are. You need to put yourself last. Now, I know we don't all internalize things the same way, but we get beliefs that we 
take in from our growing up years and they can be very damaging. <laughs> and I know he didn't mean it to be that way at all. And it's a beautiful message and I still live by it today, but I've modified it. I've learned to modify that so that it doesn't take away my personal strength and ability. And he also taught me, basically said, you don't wanna be a follower, you wanna always be a leader. And again, wonderful message. However, what it does is it created in this perfectionistic part of me. So when I was a freshman in college, barely had been there a month, when I got a C on my first quiz in history, I grounded myself. You know, all of the messages that we get growing up can be either way, good or bad, and or both. And so that was a big part of my journey and learning how to take in the good parts and, and understand what I made of them and change that so that I could be better in this world. That There are four women. My true background is most important is these four women in my life. The first was my grandmother. She was the most um, real source of unconditional love and where I knew I was safe. And she was also a, kind of a rebel. She, long before her time, was wearing blue jeans and driving by herself long distances when that wasn't, you know, women wore dresses and waited to be driven by their husbands. That was not my grandmother. And she was so full of love for everybody. And so she modeled that for me, acceptance and, and love. And, and then my mother, she was a, another very important person. A lot of women have that difficult mother-daughter relationship. And she had stuff. We all have stuff. She had stuff that she brought into her adult life with her that got carried over to me. And so there was some real pain growing up in my childhood with her. And thankfully, we were able to resolve it before she passed. But during that time, she was somebody that had a lot of fear in her. And she tried really hard not to show how she felt. And so she looked beautiful. She was actually a beauty queen when she was young. She knew how to show up and be the life of the party. Inwardly, she had a lot of self-doubt and fear and just didn't have the confidence. And that got transferred onto me in different ways. That was a really tough relationship. And I'm grateful that we were able to get to this place of truly resolving it. I hate to see when women have their, those they really are connected to leave this world and not be able to have it resolved. I think that's so important, but we can't all do that. You know, I was very fortunate. My mother was open to that. The next one is my daughter. She turned 32 last year. She has probably been the one that's taught me my hardest life lessons. And I am eternally grateful for that. She's the one that really helped me see that we oftentimes think we know how we're showing up in the world, but it's not necessarily the same as we're thinking we're showing up. And so that's been a big part of what I've been looking at myself in the mirror these last several years and learning. And the last one is my best friend. She's been my best friend since we were four years old. She's part of the reason that I started Wayfinding Women because 
all of our adult life from the time we were very young, married women, has starting families, having careers, we would get together what we would call women's weekends. Initially, when we were very young, we could only meet in the States. We didn't do international travel then. But our first time that we went to Europe together was our 50th year, our 50th birth year. And while we were there, that's when I got this download about creating Wayfinding Women. And the idea that I needed to create this kind of opportunity for women to step out of their everyday life and reconnect with themselves and connect with other like-hearted women. So I came back from that trip and actually that's when I started Wayfinding Women. So it's been this beautiful journey with these women, a lot of learning, some of it very painful, but here we are. that have mattered to me most in life have been around women's rights. I've been to two of the women's health marches in 2004 and then again in 2017 in DC and have felt very strongly about women's health. But I worked for 29 years in mental health, being a therapist and also being an administrator of inpatient psychiatric units. And in that, I have learned that the women are powerhouses. And from the moment that I think we're young, we're trained to be all to everyone. And so we do all and we take care of everyone. And oftentimes that means putting ourselves last. Well, it's really good to be compassionate and caring and, and do for others. If we don't take care of ourselves, we have nothing to give. And so I find a lot of women who are these amazing women that want to make changes in the world, but they don't have the energy inside them. They've been depleted and they need something to help them get that energy back and to renew, relax, recharge, recalibrate. The oh. things that I believe are that one, women are amazing and I remember hearing the Dalai Lama talk about that he believed the world would be saved by Western women. And I thought, huh, that's so funny because I had that thought long before you did. <laughs> and, and not just Western women, but women of this world. And when women get together, oh my gosh, we're so incredibly powerful. But we need to have that self-care. We need to know how to preserve and take care of our own energy and refuel so that we can do these amazing things. I really believe that we are better together, that when we come together, the energy is just off the charts. And in even, you know, when I do these retreats, I find the energy so amazing that I am certain that it's impacting the world. It's like the butterfly effect. It's impacting the world and spreading out. And so I think anytime women get together, whether it's to work on a specific issue or share a lovely dinner, we energize one another and we help one another be our best selves. We elevate our energies together. And so I think those are really two of the important things that we need to make sure we are taking care of ourselves and getting support where we need it. If we're having a hard time seeing where 
we're depleting our energies. We're not sure how to be our authentic self. We're feeling something's wonky and off with that. We need support. So we need to take care of ourselves. And as we take care of other people, prioritize ourselves. And then also recognize the power that we have when we engage with other women around the world. It's just phenomenal. in this little place that was very, it was a lovely little town and I don't want it to sound like I'm bad-mouthing it in any way, but it was very limited. And I knew that I wanted to get expanded way beyond that small area and learn from other people and other cultures. Going away to college was obviously one of those examples, but as a young mother, one of the things that I did was I became a Girl Scout leader. And I really tried to push beyond the traditional Girl Scout leader, which I'm not bad-mouthing them either, but our troop became known as the Working Moms Troop. And it was said in a very, you know, almost a negative connotation that, oh, it's the Working Moms Troop. And in our meetings would be later at night than other kids, you know, which would be after school. But one of the things that we did was I met through my neighbor, her mother, who was from Jamaica, and she had been doing a literacy project there for years. And so she came and talked to our Girl Scout troop, and she actually invited them to come to Jamaica and stay with her. You know, the troop leaders are going, oh my gosh, that'd be way too expensive. Can't do that, you know. But then the girls were like, oh yeah, we want to do this. We can do this. And then they started thinking about how can we help? What can we do? And over a year, they did all of these fundraisers and all of these projects to send shoes to this village where the children didn't have shoes to go to school, and that was required to have shoes. They planned a literacy day camp for five days in Jamaica, and they raised enough money to fly us all over there. So they went to Jamaica. It's a very small village in rural Jamaica. And these beautiful children had walked miles and miles and miles to get to school every day. There were 250 of them, beautiful, beautiful souls. And we learned so much from them, but it was just this incredible experience. They'd never, ever seen a white person. <laughs> and, and so they were just, a, you know, thrilled to be curling the girl's hair, you know, braiding it and, and touching and seeing all the differences and sharing that was just the most beautiful experience. And so I really felt, and this goes in with what I was talking about earlier about taking women on international trips. I find that it's really important for us to get out of our usual routine, get out of that structure, that box that we've created and gotten comfortable in and to get out there and see the world and meet people that are unlike us, you know, and hear their stories. And I think that's so fabulous when women do that, they get so much, then they take back to their own communities. One of the experiences I remember from my very first trip to Tuscany was there was a woman who was in her seventies and she had just lost her husband and 
she was there and a little bit fragile, but the group was supporting her. And one of the discussions we'd had was, what is it that you'd most like to do on this excursion that would push you outside of your comfort zone a little bit? And she said, I really want to have a conversation with somebody who is Italian. So we were on our van driving through these beautiful places and we stopped for a bathroom break. And I look around and I see that she's gone off and she's talking with a woman in this beautiful overlook of this scenic area of Tuscany. And when she got back in the, the van, we found out that the woman didn't speak any English. They had this conversation with each other just with few words that they could share that they understood, but a lot of body language and nonverbals. And what she learned was this woman was also a widow and they shared the same faith. They both had rosary beads with them. And it was just this beautiful experience in this moment that and she was so thrilled that she had pushed herself to do that, to go out and meet somebody and say hello to someone that she had no, you know, no connection to. So I think those are the things that are really important for us to be able to take things back and expand the world of those around us as well, sharing our stories and challenging beliefs that other people have about what it's like out in the world. I do believe that change starts with us. Somewhere I heard this quote, instead of wanting to change the world, we need to start with changing us. And I fully believe that, that we need to really take a look at ourselves and see how we can be our best selves. Because once we're working to be our best selves, then we connect with others and everything just beautifully flows. One of the examples I wanted to give was that when I first started connecting with women back in 2014, I was connecting with women's groups on Facebook and anyone that had anything to do with empowerment and promoting women, I joined up in those groups. And I connected with a woman who then connected me with another woman who was in Kenya. And she's a woman who had started her own NGO, non-governmental organization, and was doing work to promote literacy and education and opportunities for girls and women in her village in Kenya. And so I connected with her and then I started bringing in women as she was working to create a STEM school and different kinds of opportunities. One of the first things she was trying to do was provide sanitary napkins for girls so that they could go to school, provide clothing, all of these kinds of things. I started bringing in women and introducing them to her and together we started supporting her efforts and it spread and it spread, which was beautiful. But then she became very sick and had also got COVID and was almost, she was dying. And in Kenya, the cost of getting into a hospital system and she had a heart issue. And so having heart surgery is exorbitant and getting the medication for it is exorbitant. Again, I reached out to the community and these women just began pulling together and bringing in resources. There was a woman that helped me start the GoFundMe and we raised enough money for her to be able to be hospitalized for a month in Kenya to get the heart surgery she needed and to be followed up with 
good care. So women literally saved a woman's life in Kenya because of gathering together. And I just get chills whenever I think of that. It's just amazing. What I would love is some kind of platform where women could connect around the issues that are really important to them, that they have passion about, because we all care about different things. Some women care about neutering dogs and making sure that every dog is neutered so that there aren't strays wandering the streets hungry and wild. And there are many that want quality food for children and families or education, whatever the passion is that they have, that there would be some kind of a platform for women to connect around those issues. I think we have wonderful organizations, but they operate in silos a lot of the time. And a lot of women don't know how to get involved in those kind of things other than donating money or volunteering time. And I do think sometimes when women get together around a certain issue or passion, then we can really make a difference in this world. I go back to my original thought is that we need to also be taking care of us, making sure that we're being our best selves and getting the support we need to do that so that then we can fully engage with our, our best energy with the other women to, to make the changes in the world. I also think that joy is a really big component of what we need as women to do our best and live our best lives in this world. And the mission of Wayfinding Women is to support women in realizing their dreams and living in joy so that they can then transform their and the world. I do believe that when women, you know, they go with me on these retreats and we have deep laughter that is so therapeutic. And we do these amazing activities that are just bringing out the joy in us. And that's restorative. That is such restorative material energy. And women need to have that, whether it's going on an international trip or it's connecting with people that just make you feel good. That's so important. When we try to manifest things in our life, right? We're all talking about how do you manifest things? It's not just about, oh, I want a new car. <laughs> it's more about getting our energy into a place where we can just dream and imagine and envision and keep that energy of how great that feels. What's amazing is watching how the universe brings that into our lives then in different ways. And so that's a piece that I think is really important for women is learning how to use their energy, how to access that energy, how to manifest the things that they want to create in and for this world. What I try to do is provide opportunities for women virtually as well as in person. I'm a women's coach, an empowerment coach. I was a therapist for 29 years before leaving. And the reason that I chose to become a coach was because I really wanted to work with women who were going through significant transitions and transformations. 
And I really believe that, you know, women just need support to reconnect with who their authentic self is and who their best self is. And so I do take individual clients for that. And then the last one is obviously signing up for the first to know the trips. And the first to know is a VIP list where women can choose what kinds of trips they're interested in, where I'm thinking of going. And that drives where I plan. I just did a launch last week for Greece and we're headed to Greece next October. That trip's already full, but I've got other ones that I'm planning and would love to know what women are interested in. I know that we're planning to go to see the Northern Lights in the fall of 2024. One of the things I guess I want to say about the retreats is I love research. That's one of my big things. And so I create these really unique opportunities. I don't go through, find things on travel websites or anything like that. I look for unique experiences for women and unique places that I think that they would have the most wonderful experience. My very first trip to Tuscany, I knew one of the women loved jewelry and beautiful crafted jewelry. And I found this experience in this small town in Tuscany where we could go and have what they called a jewelry tasting. And we would go and they gave us Prosecco with gold dust in it and let us look around the shop, showed us the authentic way of making their jewelry. And then they let women pick out whatever they wanted to wear for the evening to dinner. The one woman that I was talking about, she had, I think, 6,000 pounds worth of jewelry on for dinner that night. And it was just one of those special moments. How do you get that? It's not through a traditional organization. So I really look for unique experiences, like going and sitting and cuddling sheep. We had a tea with naughty sheep last time we went, when we went to Scotland. And I've got another Herdwick sheep experience when the women come here to England in May. It's so much fun to create these really unusual special experiences for women that delight them. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And that's how women can join me. And they can come to wayfindingwomen.com. Definitely sign up for the first to know list because those are the people that get to know first about any trips that are actually planned and get a head start on registering. Thank you so much, Annie. I know our audience has been inspired as I have by your amazing work in the world from your growing up as a little girl and the lessons that you learned from that growing up, some of them so very positive and some of them put you on a path to wanting to be more open and more intuitive and more loving and more curious about the world around you. As you know, we had lots of moments of asides during our conversation because we discovered so many things we have in common, including a love for travel around the world, a love for women, and a belief in the power of women when they gather together to make the world a better place. Because indeed, when we put our hearts and our minds behind something important to us, we can do amazing things. Another thing that we learned that we had in common is a love for Wonder Woman. And uh, so much of our work 
just seems to align perfectly. So I look forward to following your work with Wayfinding Women for many years. And if I'm fortunate, I'm going to be on one of those trips with you in the next few years. My travel calendar is too full in the next two years, I'm afraid. But hopefully one of my trips to London, I'll get to see you in person very, very soon. I hope all of you will look up wayfindingwomen.com and do as Annie has suggested and get on her newsletter and be one of those early adopters, the people who become in the know about what she's got going next, because this woman has a lot of wonderful things happening to support you in your own journey to make the world a better place in your own special way. So I hope you'll follow Annie's work. I hope you'll also look me up at bluerodeseducation.org where you will find programs that support women like you in being the kind of change maker that you want to be in the world, developing the 16 skills that all change makers have in common. They can be taught and they can be learned. And as you can see, Annie Dickinson has many, if not every single one of them, probably every single one of them, and you can too. So get in touch at blueroadseducation.org where you can download my ebook that overviews those 16 attributes. You'll also find courses there that help you develop those attributes, opportunities to participate in changemaker circles that are mastermind style groups for women who are looking for other women to support them along their changemaking journey. Please do also get in touch if you're interested in empowerment coaching. Annie offers that, and so do I. Either one of us would love to hear from you and serve you and encourage you and help you find the energy and the resolve and the courage and the community that you need to change the world in your own special way. Please tune in next week to meet another amazing change-making woman. And in the meantime, may you be grounded in your beingness guided in your doingness, generous in your connectedness, and inspired in your reflectiveness so you can consciously change the world on your own terms. I'm Patty Talbot. I'm always learning, and I know you are too.